Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus, whatever you celebrate with your family around you. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Funky Jen. Anyone who has said that girls can't rock has never heard Funky Jen sing. This Los Angeles-based chanteuse doesn't rock in the sexually objectified Lita Ford kind of way, but in the storied tradition of women like Janis Joplin and Aretha Franklin, who had enough power to not merely hang with the boys in the band, but to lead them with a commanding presence at center stage. Funky Jen has the soul, the chops, and the personality to front a group of top-notch players. And although she is a thoroughly modern woman, there is a kind of raw sexuality to what she is doing, and it's the same rhythmic bump and grind that inspired the progenitors of rock and blues music. But aside from her powerful voice, it's her collaborative nature that sets her apart from the legions of chick singers leaning hard on the blue notes. Funky Jen knows that filling up her band with the best players available is a pillar of success in music, and she involves those players every step of the way, from the writing of songs to the hours hammering them out in the studio, and finally on stage where an audience can innately feel it when a band is hot and tight. She has a brand new Christmas album called Sing to the Angels that will truly bring some rock around your Christmas tree this holiday season. Welcome to Independence Day, Funky Jen. Or Funky Jen. How do you say it? I've been trying it's, to figure this out like all week. Funky Jen. Is it Funky Jen? Yeah, it's one word. Or funky Jen. It's well, that's a good question. I've never said Funky Jen. I think it's just Funky Jen. Because it's funky. You want it to be a little syncopated. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, you for know, having really, me. I'm really looking forward to hearing the music that you're going to play tonight. You've got two musicians with you, both of which are exemplary. On your left, my right, you have Mr. Ted Russell Camp. Say hello, Ted. How are you? I'm well, man. It's good to see you again. We, you did your own episode on the show not yeah, so was, long ago. It was wonderful. Thank it you seemed, for having well, me. Thank you. It seems it's, like only yesterday. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good, good to, to have back. you. I and mean, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. I see you playing on stages. Like there, I don't know if there is a band in Los Angeles that you haven't played with. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, well, I, I know there are at least a few. <laughs> There's two. I, I do. I do a pretty good job of getting around, and I uh, yeah. you know, fortunate to play music. You are stalwart, as they say. So thank you, Ted. And Storm Road. It's great to have you. This is your debut appearance for you on Independence Day. It's great to talk to you. Great to meet you. Thank you, Joe. Great and, to be here. And I've seen you play with a couple of random people over the past several months, so you're kind of new to me, but I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Oh, thank you. So, advice. man, you've got this album that came out just late last year, but you're yep. still kind of doing shows on that, pushing on that, but you're, you're working on a Christmas album of all things, which it's always funny to hear about people, because obviously Christmas albums have to be made in the summertime, because right. they can't be made at Christmas time unless it's coming out a year later. That's not like they're going to cancel Christmas, but you get the idea. It's we'll true. talk more about that later because I think you're going to play a Christmas song for us. Um, but let's talk about let's just talk about you for a second and what you do musically. You know where you came up in a musical family, mm -hmm. as I understand it, and what is you know where did this come from? Like, is your parents were more classically trained and more in the theater world? But you do kind of like a Janis Joplin kind of thing. How did it get from that to this? What you do? I think it comes from all of that. It it literally is just like, you know, different rivers in a stream that come together. So my mother was an opera singer. My father was the Broadway character actor. My brother was 15 years older than me and, you know, ba basically, you know, left me all of his rock and roll albums. So I grew up in a household that had, you know, just this amalgam of music. And in the, you know, back in the 70s, like the radio stations I would listen to, 
would play, you know, Stevie Wonder and Dolly Parton yeah. and Earth, Wind and & Fire and Kiss, you yeah. know, so there was that background. I think radio was so much better then because you got everything. There are little bastions of stations around the country. And the one great thing about the internet is that you can stream them. Like you can find like there are certain radio stations around the country which do an exemplary job. KCSN here in Los Angeles is an exemplary job. Fantastic station. And what I like about them is that they're... They're, I know that the DJs are doing their own programming because every DJ's like le, you know sets lean a different way. You know the morning guy's different from the midday guy who's different from the afternoon girl, and I like that because it's the human touch rather Absolutely. than you have to play the Eagles at the top of every hour right. or whatever it is. <laughs> right. You know, um, you know, but they're out there. You know, but you're right though. The corporatization of music has I don't I don't think it's been necessarily a good thing. And I'm not sure that it wasn't corporate back then, but it just the, the variety that we had. We didn't have to go to a country station yeah. to listen to country music. Now you have to tune in to yeah. specific radio stations if you want to hear it. Was, it's not played in top 40. Yeah, it was less it was. delineated. And it's changed so much. And I think the pace of change is accelerating, which is one of the reasons I do this show. is because I love talking to musicians, and I figure I might as well do something with the fact that I spend all my time talking about music with musicians and playing music. So I figure I should do something with it. Um, and you know, it's every, I learned so much on the show. That's the other reason I do the show is I'm curious about it anyway. So tell me real quick, Ted and Storm, what's it like playing with her? Like she's the, you know, the boss ostensibly Exhausting. in this organization, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's like when people are I am, I'm a, a task long. master. Yeah. Is she, is she a benevolent, mistress. benevolent dictator or cause you know, you kind of serve the role Ted as a, a little bit of a producer sometimes. Mm -hmm. with yeah, this I, I produced the, uh, the, the Rock and Roll Voodoo Queen EP. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of the tunes we wrote together, some of the tunes uh, Jennifer wrote with John Schreffler, mm -hmm. who played guitar on it, who's like a, a great friend of both of ours, actually all of ours, all yeah, three of Shreff. ours. Yeah, uh, uh, and But then I kind of rearranged and kind of tweaked them and kind of, you know, did a little bit of songwriting, yeah. but a lot more just kind of arranging and, hey, let's, let's make this one funkier. Let's slow this one down. Hey, you'd sound better if you sing higher up here. Yeah. When you wail, it's awesome. So, so let's change the song to kind of uh, better suit. Yeah, her, which is what know? a producer does. Yeah. You're a facilitator. You know, the, our goal is to make great music, but sometimes, you know, a lot of times, artists need someone to kind of shepherd the process forward. Oh yeah, because it allows the artist to be the artist in a way that sounds kind of pretentious and funny, but it's true. Yeah, you know, the musicians need to kind of focus on the songwriting and being musicians, but they, you know, that it's it's hard to sometimes see the forest for the trees. You know, totally. when, when your eyeballs deep in making a record and you're trying to worry about your vocals and if that rhyme scheme is going to work, you know, you need someone who's in, somewhat impartial, but yet you trust and someone who you love and know, knows you. Yeah. And well, that's what, exactly why you. I wanted to work with Ted because I knew he he's not a yes man. Like I knew mm -hmm. he wasn't going to say, okay, yeah, sure, that sounds fine, whatever. Like I knew yeah. he was going to, you know, put me to work in terms of where we would come to, you know, agree on a song, you know, or how that arrangement was going to go. And, you know, we, we went back and forth on a couple of things, and we, but what, what came out was a much better product yeah. than what I just brought, you know, bringing in. So Ted is an amazing producer. Thank you. It's a, it's a delicate, yeah, yeah, yay, Ted. It's a, it's, a, it's a delicate and magical thing, I think, because, you know, for an artist, because, you know, your art is something that's so very near and dear to your heart. It comes of you. And if you're a singer, that's your voice. It's in your person. So when you're doing that, you know, you're bearing your soul to everybody. So to have a producer, that, that relationship is critical. You know, the, the music industry history yeah. is, is replete with stories of, of producer-artist relationships that were fantastic or artist-producer relationships which went terribly, you know, went horribly. The, uh, the one that I always think of is T-Bone Burnett producing the first Counting Crows album. 
they fought tooth and nail because <laughs> they wanted, you know, this was this was the early 90s, which is kind of the last vestiges of the 80s. They would overdub all day long and then he'd show up in the evening and be like, no, get rid of that Strip stuff. Strip it all. Take it away. Strip it all. Yeah, take yep. it away. And they trusted him and look what they came up with. Right. That's a brilliant album. Right. You know, it sold, you know, whether you like it or not, it sold millions of copies, which is not necessarily a great metric, but a lot of people love that album. Um, so that, that relationship, I, I totally understand. Let's do this. Let's jump in with some music right away and get a, get a feel for what that, that relationship sounds like when it's put down on wax or put down on vinyl yeah, or put yeah. down on, I guess, CD in this case. So uh, my guest tonight, Funky Jen, a.k.a. Jen Gibbons, Jennifer Gibbons, she's got Storm Road the Fourth and Ted Russell Camp along with her. This is the track Rock and Roll Voodoo Queen, which is the title track from that. Is it a record EP? What it's is EP. It? Rock and Roll Voodoo Queen, Funky Jen on Independence Day.
And that's Funky Jen with the track Rock and Roll Voodoo Queen, the title track from an EP that dropped just last November. You can pick that up at the usual places, Jen. Yep. iTunes, CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, eBay, CD Baby. Amoeba. You know, that's really great what CD Baby does once you get involved in their umbrella. Because Absolutely. they've got so many sideways deals. Like every now and again, I get a... I get a sheet of like revenue and it's all like four cents a piece or whatever from right, somebody's right. download. But exactly. it's like, there's like, a, you know, 60 of them and they're from all these different websites that I didn't oh, even know it existed. Spotify and Rhapsody and yeah. you know, all those outlets that I know of. I, I've, I've seen the paperwork, but I haven't seen the paper. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> talk a little, yet. let's talk a little bit about the business of music yeah. or like, are you, you're not, are you full-time music or do you do other things too? Well, I have a day job which pays for the music, okay. but I think what, What's great about having that job is that uh, basically I'm dealing with clearance, clearances, music clearance, mm-hmm. people clearance, and having all that contractual knowledge right. really kind of helped me set up this entity as a business. So right. when we went in to record the album, you know, I actually you know had all my players sign contracts and yeah. had Ted sign a contract and <laughs> like, just cause I know if you read any, you know, horror story or watch any behind the music, something all, you know, friendship always goes sour right. and South, you know, when it, are it, you when listening really- Fleetwood Mac? I hope you are. I just want everything up and above board because when it comes down to it, this is a business. Yeah. And it's my business and it's my name. I'm liable for everything. Yeah. And that's that's something that I think a lot of musicians are woefully inept at, Mm -hmm. even though they may go to music school. Sometimes it's very hard to mix commerce and art, whether it's music or acting or sculpting or whatever it is and a lot of people are just bad at that right you know and the people you know who are like the movers and the shakers you know are are sometimes getting ahead because luck favors the prepared and what better way to be prepared than to be astute with your business dealings because people you know people need to buy your music you know the more i worked for a dot-com company for a while back in the dot-com boom Mm -hmm. and our president one time said you know we can't give away our stuff for free because then it devalues it you know, and that's where we are in the music industry now. Right. The news just dropped a couple weeks ago that 2013 was the worst music year for selling actual I read albums that. Just, in a oh. long, in, in 10 years since SoundScan started, but then I'm sure probably before that too. But musicians are still trying to make music. You know, so in a lot of people I know, a lot of musicians I know, like the dreaded day job is something that a lot of musicians avoid, like the plague, but it can be freeing. It can be liberating well, to think, not have to associate your performance with earning a living. I think they avoid the day job, or at least they, they don't want to talk about the day job, because people see you in a certain light. And I remember this very clearly from a friend of mine who is a well-known singer in a well-known touring band. And she's a well-known singer in a well-known touring yeah. band who makes money, and she still has a day job. But she doesn't tell anybody that she has a day job, because she's like, that's... That's what people are going to think about you. You don't want to, they, people, when you first meet them or they're introduced to you, they see you in a certain light. And so you just want to say, I'm a singer or I'm a songwriter, not I'm a singer who works at the post office or, you know, so there it's perception too. There's a little bit of that pay no attention to the man behind the curtain kind of thing where, I mean, it is show business, right? but I think if you really did pull back that curtain and the number of very famous people that you know or have heard about in history, the number of them, the percentage of them that had day jobs at some point while they were making movies right. or while they were rocking out at Staples Center, you know, were <laughs> licking envelopes. Right. Or, you know, Jimmer Podraski, for example. Right. You know, when he came out here from Pittsburgh, he was working in the, he and his band were working at the basement at whatever record label that was. 
And, you know, that those stories are they're everywhere. And I think that also serves, though, the work ethic, which is when, you know, you f- if I don't have a lot of time, you know, because my day is taken up with my day job, you know, then I come home at night and I'm still working another, right. you know, 12, 16 hours on this, on the music. Right. So it's like it pushes me because I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. And finding that certain type of day job, air quotes, that you can't see in radio land right. <laughs> is very crucial for a musician because you do need that flexibility. A lot of people want to get out and get on the road because, you know, there's an adage that's truer than anything I've ever heard is you can only play in your own town so many times. Right. You have to get out and take it to the people. You know, that sounds like a, a bad, you know, phrase true. to put on a, you know, <laughs> a postcard or a greeting card, greeting card philosophy. But you got to take it to the people if, if you're going to be somebody in the music business. You know, some people make a living in their hometowns and there's the Texas circuit, but that's a different thing and we don't live in Texas. Right. So, you know, I'm glad to hear, you know, I, I have a friend, a really, really close friend from Chicago who for years and years and years banged his head against the wall. One of the most talented guys I've ever met. Songwriter, singer, performer. He had the the Kavorka thing that Kramer had. Mm-hmm. Like about <laughs> when he was in a room, you just had to look at this guy, right? And he, after years, you know, and it cost him, I think, mental anguish, you know, and a little bit of sanity to Mm -hmm. try so hard in the music business and not, and he came close so many times. He's flown to LA and in people's offices, you know, and maybe part of that is his own pride, why he didn't Mm -hmm. sign this deal or that deal. But the way the cosmic tumblers tumbled out, he just ended up getting into IT. You know, mm-hmm. that's like his day job and that's how he makes his money. So, and he, he and it was like a, a cathartic moment for him. Mm-hmm. Now my music is no longer tied to having to earn a living doing it. And he felt that his music got better at that right. point. So everybody right. looks at it differently. And I think there for me, because I started so late in the game, you know, I wasn't yeah. like, you know, an 18 year old right. trying to do this thinking I'm going to get instant stardom. You know, I started this because I had songs to sing and, you know, great players to play with and... You know, so I don't have any expectation on it, but I do, you know, now like, you know, gratefully and graciously, I have, you know, some of the best players in the city, in this city. And then if, when I do cherry pick cities to travel to, whether it's, you know, Nashville or Chicago or Austin, New York, I'll hit up those cities, but I'm not in a touring space right now with the exception of, you know, making time to go to those cities. Do you operate your live shows like you did the record? I mean, are you just, when do your players in your band, do they know like, okay, I'm making X amount of dollars to play this show with Funky Jen? Or is it like, is it that kind of contractual? You talked before about you had everybody sign contracts to do the EP. No, I I try to, you know, take care of my boys because I know there's nothing at the door. You know, I'm (laughs) like, there's every bar has a percentage of, you know, percentage of a percentage of a percentage is what you're going to get. So I try to, you know, take care of them outside of it. Yeah. And it adds up, you yeah, know. Yeah, it does. Storm, does, does she take care of you? <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> yep, absol- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, did you see what I rolled up in? My yeah. roll? Yeah. Exactly. No, um, Rolling in it. No, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. So tell me a little bit about, you mentioned before, like, you know, you kind of waited to do this music thing. Like, but coming, especially coming from such a musical family, why wait till this stage in the game in your life to start, Perform, were you performing all along and just not recording? I, or was it a bug that bit you late in life? No, I've always, like, I know when I was six and I was in my school choir that I could sing and that I loved to sing and I wanted to sing. And there was uh, something about, you know, just the tract of life saying, okay, now you've graduated high school, let's go to college. So I did college, but I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those theater major people. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, what are you going to do with that? And I don't know, my parents never ever said 
you should get a practical degree right. or you should get a practical job. They were artists themselves, so they never directed me in any way. But there was something in the back of my mind going, oh, I need something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And I would say now, talking to anybody who's about to go to college or start, you know, start their lives, to never have something to fall back on, to not have a plan B, to do what you want to do right from the get-go. As Ray Bradbury says, uh, which some people say, like, jump and your, your, the net will appear. But the thing is, I don't want a net. Right. Ray Bradbury says, <laughs> exactly. jump and build your wings on the way down. Oh, because I like what that. Because I, I like the flying metaphor much better than the I net like metaphor. Because then what's a net going to do? It's just going to catch you, and then, you're, then your feet are back on the ground. But man, right. you're flying, you're flying. Exactly. I so I didn't, these, you know, uh, didn't want to do theater, and so I ended up in film school, and then I, because I had worked in television you know, when I was 15, I didn't want to work in TV, so I ended up in cosmetics right out of college. And then realized, I'm like, oh, this industry is as horrible as every other industry, right. you know, backstabbing, cutthroat. Not, you know, I thought that was only the TV industry, you know, from what yeah. I knew from the ages of 15 to, you know, 20. But I'm like, oh, I realize this applies to every business. So, and the flip side of that is that I kept on, I think musical theater and theater was easy for me because the songs were already written or I became someone's right. background singer because the songs were already written. It was easy for me. I just had to step in the shoes. And so there was a little, you know, I thought it was just so easy if someone had it on a silver platter for me. Yeah. You know, the words were written, the lyrics were written, show up at this time, sing those lyrics, and you're done. Go home. And I got to the point and the age and the time where I'm like, I, you know, I have more to say. Okay. So. So it was always coming. It was coming. It just, it was a slow burn. Yeah. Real slow burn. Well, you know, I, I applaud your tenacity and courageousness because a lot of people, when they get to a certain point in their life, would be, you know, I was going to say a nasty word, but screw it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've come this far. Why bother now? You know? No, it was, there was a turning point too. We were, I was at a gig at Molly Malone's and um, there, it was just a whole hoot nanny. You know, there's a big, you know, night of a bunch of, boy bands, they're all friends of mine, dear friends of mine, playing up on a stage. And it was just like band after band after band. And I was sitting in the audience and my friend Lori Lagore said, why don't you get up there and sing? And I said, oh no, I have to, you know, this is their gig. You know, I have to be, you know, invited up there. And she said, they're never going to invite you up there. They will never ask you to come up there. You have to go and get it yourself. And there was something in that where it just triggered. I'm like, she's right. Yeah. They're not going to ask. You know, you have to go get this if you want it. There's a harsh reality about life, which is, it's sad if you think about it in one way, but very in, um, inspiring if you think about it another way, which is that no one else cares about your dreams. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have dreams. And it doesn't mean that people won't, once you start pursuing your dreams, support you in that pursuit. But in the beginning, when you're just getting rolling, and that's the hardest part, is going from zero to 10. Right. You know, going from 90 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour is easy. Right. Going from zero to 50 is hard. Right. And at that point, no one cares. Yeah, now you know, they ask me to prove, sing. Yeah, <laughs> and now to they them, say, come on up and sing. Yeah, your job is right. to prove to them why you're, what you're doing is valid or right. worthy. You know, because that's the sad thing. I mean, I guess in, a, in an existential way, all art is valid and all art is worthy of something. But not all art has to cross over into commerce and not all art has to cross over into like making a career or making those types of decisions where you modify your life to be a thing that you do. 
Anyway, we're getting deep into philosophy here. I love these kinds of conversations. I'm sitting with Funky Jen, also known as Jennifer Gibbons, and one of her sidemen, one of her awesome sidemen, I should say, Storm Road the Fourth. I love that. Every time I say your name, I just love it. You have the second best rock and roll name I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. Yeah? What's the first? The first, when I was at Berkeley College of Music, there was a guy who was 18 years old who was a guitar player and a pilot already by the age of 18. His name was Adrian Fox Baker. Oh, that's a good name. Sorry, Storm. That's the only name, but yours is pretty (laughs) badass, man. I'm I'm, I'm keeping good company. Yeah, you're doing just fine. Plus, you've got the fourth, which gives gives you extra. And he has a fifth. I do have a fifth. There's a fifth. Yes, there is. That's very cool. All right, well, uh, Funky Jen with the track. Let's hear some music here. This is the track Boom Boom on Independence Day. You've got my heart, you've got my soul, you've got my body till I grow old. You got me spinning around and around. I'm going up, you're going in, I'm going down. Come a little bit closer, I'll give you the goods. Whatever you wish for, it's understood that I Boom, 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 boom Boom, 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 boom Just me and you, the things we'll do Boom, 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 boom Now, boy, you move me in every way Ooh, I wanna feel ya till the break of day You got me wanting you more and more Let's hit the bed, let's hit the red, let's hit the floor Boom, 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 boom Boom, 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 boom Just me and you The things we'll do Boom, 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 boom Hit it, Storm, come on Joe Armstrong. Her name is Funky Jen. That's a song called Boom Boom. You can learn everything you need to know about Funky Jen conveniently at funkyjen.com with two N's. That's correct. Funkyjen.com. Also facebook.com slash funkyjenmusic. And if you want to follow her on the Twitters, you can follow her at funkyjen with one N. 
No, it's two ends. Two ends on, on that too. Yep. Oh, we missed it. No, okay, so Funky Jam with two ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, where my research assistant just got mm-hmm. fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fire myself. Is that Joe? Exactly. Yeah, and you're also on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Funky Gen. So you're all web enabled. YouTube, YouTube, Pinterest. You know, it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. And of course, you can also drop by indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. Uh, we're approaching, I don't know, 120-some shows now over it's the amazing. past few years. Thank you. It's been a lot of work. Congratulations on it's that. It's a labor of love. Thank you. Uh, and uh, a lot of really greatest, great artists back there in that repertoire. Check those out. I really encourage you to do so, whether you're bored or not. It's good stuff, man. Lots of great Plus, music. you've got your deep, sexy voice on. Thank your you, Jen. radio it's voice. Very kind of you to mm. say. Then, you know, speaking of sex, Jen, <laughs> what, pray tell, is the song Boom Boom about? <laughs> I just want to hear you say oh, it. Oh, my. Look, I'm turning red. Look, I can even feel myself. Turn. I've never turned red. Yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? So this song was inspired. Um, say it. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Say it. <laughs> no, it's a, you know, it was two things. Well, one, it's obviously about a fella, feller, an old feller of mine. Um, but secondly, I was going through YouTube and looking at, uh, listening to all these old like 1920s, 1930s songs. It was like, you know, Sugar in My Bowl and Banana in My Pocket and all these, you know, songs that were so dirty, you know, but they, and they, but they were kind of subtle and they beat you over at the head at the same time. And so I was kind of in that that my mind frame, that big ten inch <laughs> exactly goes all, on you, exactly is endless all of that. So that's you know kind of the inspiration behind this song. So I'm like, okay, you know, and I, it, you know, I'm a songwriter that I actually I wouldn't even say I'm a songwriter. I'm a person who, you know, has feelings and then writes them down and and then then I leave it alone. I really am not a you know craftsman when it comes to songwriting. I don't do a lot of editing. I kind of just write out what I'm feeling. And then bring it to the boys, and we work it out, and you know. Okay. And I've never really gone back to change it. So this one was about Say about it. a time. <laughs> you want to know names? No, no, no. I don't need the, no, I don't need the name. I'm looking. This is what like, I'm looking for. Like when I hear you play, you know, when I hear you play uh, what's that he song. Trying to do. Oh, is this song about sex? Yes. <gasps> what? Now you've said it. Oh, Thank you. Shoot. People, I gave it all away. Americans are so like funny it. about that kind of thing because we've got these puritanical <laughs> roots and everyone wants to pretend like that's not how we all got here. Oh, or yeah. Or it's not an activity, you know, it's all over the TV, but yet people get all bashful when you talk about it. And I find that dichotomy fascinating in our society because it's everywhere with very few exceptions. Every single person you see walking around is it's walking around a product because a couple of people sex. got down. Exactly. And that's, that's it. And it's a big part of the human, you know, the human experience. Yeah. You know, and it's it's sexy times, but it's also intimacy and it's also dancing and it's also art and it's an expression Absolutely. of humanity. And you know, I it's and it's so deeply tied to rock and roll, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, where uh these songs, you know, they couldn't outright talk about these topics. So mm-hmm. they had to kind of talk around those topics, mm-hmm. which is the best way to do art anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, don't tell them exactly what you're saying. Right. Tell them about what you're saying, you mm-hmm. know, that whole Remove yourself once from what you're trying to get across artistically. It more, makes more effective art, I think. Um, you know, and look at the Stones. Look at look at all rock and roll. Look at ACDC. Look at, you know, it's all... Uh, what's the... God, there's so many ACDC songs with stupid names. <laughs> you know, but they're awesome. I've got big balls. Yeah, well... <laughs> About You've got dancing. big balls. Yeah. It's, it's about, about ball. It is about ballroom dancing, isn't it? You know, but it's 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 such a big part of the human experience, and it's great. You know, it's it's very 
it's fascinating to me when you see a woman write about that and sing a song about that from a confident perspective or from uh, an empowered perspective. Because, you know, I, so I've been told women want sex too. What? I know. What? It's, it's hard Shocking. to believe. You know, you know, uh, no. <laughs> you know, but every relationship's different. Everybody's got their own frequency and timeline and ideal ideas about what that means. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> You've seen it in I've, books. I've, I've You've talked, seen pictures. I've seen pictures and I've talked to women <laughs> and know some about these sorts of things. But it, and it's, I, I just like that. I like to mm-hmm. see that when a woman can you know, take that and make it something that's, not a bashful thing, mm-hmm. but not a crass thing, because women will go about it differently, you know, than a man would with the big balls nonsense. Right. Like a woman <laughs> will be a little more subtle about right. it, but yet, you know, women have animalistic urges too. Absolutely. So cool. Good work, Funky Jen. Thank you. Let's switch gears. Let's play another song. All right. What's this next one going to be? This next one is Strings at Bend, and this is a new one. So basically, speaking on, you know, uh, sex songs, every most of my songs are, I think, written below the waist like i just have that sort of kind of you know behind most of my songs uh, whether it's you know love or you know bitterness or you know there's there's there's, it is passion and so this one is completely different this is this is a this is the sweetheart side so okay we all have many aspects to our personalities once again funky jen this is the track strings that bend on independence day Shape like a woman laying in your hands. You can strum your pain away by losing yourself to the music and the band. The steel strings bend at your will, moving up and down and to and fro. You can make them cry and sing and hiss and moan wherever you want them to go. But remember who you're playing with. My heart has always been the one on which you depend. And it's not as hard as it may seem or as tough as the strings that bend. Flesh and blood and soul equal to the weight of gold. It follows you everywhere, even when you're not here or near me. My heart is yours from now until the end of time, but please be kind. Traded in or sold like the guitars you have left behind. Just remember who you're playing with. My heart has always been the one on which you depend. And it's not as hard as it may seem or as tough as the strings that bend.
remember who you're playing with My heart has always been the one on which you depend And it's not as hard as it may seem Or as tough as the strings that bend Strings that bend Strings that bend My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Drop by indepday, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com to hear this episode with Funky Jen as well as a hundred plus other episodes of great musicians and I'm so proud to bring you each and every one of them. She's got a record that dropped last fall in November called Rock and Roll Voodoo Queen. You can pick that up in all the usual places. She's playing around town as herself, Funky Jen, and she's also backing up a lot of really fantastic people in the circle of musicians that I'm proud to call myself a member of here in Los Angeles. A lot of really great stuff going on in this town these days and not all of it's on the TV. Some of you got to dig a little deeper, and that's where other real people are. So, Funky Jen, mm-hmm. so happy to have you. Uh, love that song, Strings That Bend. Kind of, you know, Thank you. it's a, a pleasant song, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that to denigrate it, but I love pleasant songs. Mm-hmm. I'm a total mid-tempo guy. I always was. Yeah, this one is, it. like I said, it's a little different than everything than anything I've done. And, and again, it came from, you know, I was just finally kind of got to a point with this fella, and... Um, and the words just came out. I'm like, yeah. look, you know, this is, this is, you know, you got to be gentle with me, yeah. you know. So, and the I don't, strings that bend, I, I think because, I don't know, there was something about that phrase and I love guitarists and the guitar. And so it just, you know, it's just, again, yeah. it just all kind of fell out all at the same time. Let's talk about how you go about your writing process because as I understand it, you're not really an instrumentalist. Do you No, I don't you play, play anything. anything at all? <laughs> no, my mother tried. <laughs> she okay. she has this beautiful baby grand at the house and that she got as her 15th, you know, birthday present and you know, she tried to she tried to herself to teach me piano and then she brought in other instructors to play piano. She bought me a guitar when I was about 17. Okay. Like that didn't no, like would not take to it. At all, and um, and I and now and then, you know, within the past, you know, five, seven, ten years, I've bought guitars and have tried to practice and learn, and I can strum. But now, because I'm surrounded by such amazing players, I'm like, why even bother? Because yeah. there's, I couldn't even. Why? It's almost like why start? I'm like I have the voice, I've got some songs. Why don't I hire you know guys like this? Yeah, well, <laughs> and work with the guys like this you know, who are masters at their craft. Well, you certainly do that. You surround yourself with exemplary players mm-hmm. because that's that's one thing also I learned in college or even earlier on is that, you know, sometimes if you're going to be riding around in a van with someone, you can take someone who's a little less of a master of their instrument because they're not a jerk. Right. <laughs> you know, because you're going to be spending a lot of time with these people. You but, have to like but them. But that's the other thing is once you, I feel like once you get to a certain level with professional musicians, so many of them, because they work so hard, musicians are some of the hardest working people I know, they're humble about what they do. Sometimes like the, the best players are like the most humble players. You know, you ask Buddy Miller a question about how he plays guitar and he'll demure. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not that's that great. That's this guy. You know, and we're, you know, um, so, but in terms of, you know, so that means for writing, especially, you're leaning hard on the people in your band. Storm, I'm speaking to you specifically in this regard. Um, so you just, I'm going to say just, that sounds terrible, but you come up with some lyrics. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, and you bring it to them to 
fill out usually, chords. Yeah, usually, or at least the the album, the Rock and Roll Voodoo Queen was. Um, it was all, yeah, all basically scraps of paper and things that I recorded into my phone, little ideas. And I took that to John Treffler. And okay. John was pretty much the, because f- I'd ask, you know, many people, well, too busy, on the road, got to go, can't help you. And John was the first one to say, of course I'll help you. Come on over. And so I'll always be grateful for mm-hmm. him for that because he was really the one to help me get them up and running. And then we, you know, brought those songs to Ted to tweak. And and that's sort of still the process that I work on. I'll, right now, I'll usually call Storm or mm-hmm. John or Ted and mm-hmm. say, I've got these lyrics. I have the idea in my head, but I don't know what chords are. You know, I don't right. know if it's a B or an A right. or a D. Yeah, or- speaking of Strings of the Bend, uh, she had sent me the demo of it, and it's actually just her acapella. Okay. So there's no, a melody in words. It, oh, yeah. That's 100% melody. And, okay. And anyone who has experience with music can pretty much you can put together... Right. Yeah, some type of a foundation that uh, you know, a chord progression to back her right. up. So she makes it easy because there is a very strong melody involved, as opposed to just like a yeah. monotone with a bunch <laughs> yeah. of words, blah blah blah. And you're having to construct something. I mean, yeah. it's, you're really just kind of adding what's already adding to right. what's already. She's there. implying something absolutely. with the melody, and if oh, you speak absolutely. the language of music, you know what should logically be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there any a point when she brings you something where you're like, "Hey, I hear two different chords here." Which do you like? Because you know, there's because there's uh, sure. like chord substitution where you sure. can drop in a B minor instead of a G, or an E flat, an E minor instead of a G, Absolutely. because they're related chords. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Something like yeah. that. Or they'll so play, that he'll play something, and I'm like, no, 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 let's go, let's take it up, let's. I want to go yeah. to a weird, you know, minor or something okay. like that. So we, right. it's a work, it's a good working relationship. So then, so Jen, so then you kind of just trust where they're going to take you in terms Absolutely. of Absolutely. Absolutely, because of their talent, because yeah. these guys literally are the best. At what they do, and yeah. I've, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed by yeah. the guys that want to work with me, and and that I have the fortune to sort of, you know, at yeah. this point, hand pick who I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, that fun. collaborative experience is such a big aspect of music, I love it. you love know, it. because I I always love, I love. Being in a band is my favorite thing of all, mm-hmm. you know. So having a band, and I, you know, I, these days I don't have a band. So I, when I go play, I like I grab a friend or whatever, or sometimes I'll just do a solo show. But I don't. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna admit something here. I don't. I don't enjoy them as nearly as much mm-hmm. as playing with a band because I love that interaction so much with all the players. Absolutely. The more the better. I mean, I had twelve. My band in Chicago, we had twelve people. Oh my goodness, chicks <laughs> that's and, a lot of people. And, and it's and it's you know it's a lot of work. And, you know, we didn't always have twelve people. We had as many as possible. You know, I used to call it the alt country wall of sound. Mm-hmm. That's what I would call it, and I loved it. <laughs> the alt country wall of sound. Yeah. I love that. And uh, so, it's more fun for me to do solo shows when solo shows are a contrast to having a band. Mm-hmm. Like if I have a steady band and then I go do a solo show, that's interesting to me because now it's contrast to what I normally do. But these days, since I don't have a regular group, it's not as inspiring for me just to go play. Because I play with myself. Sounds terrible, but I play in my <laughs> living room all the time and I'm right. bored with myself. I've been playing guitar with myself for two, several decades now. And oh, I, I, it, I, I mean, crave that other part of the it so whole much. band process and the recording process too is so great because you do... Play with yourself for a while. You know, I'm sitting yeah. there acapella, click track, or trying something out on GarageBand, and then so finally, when I bring it to the guys and we're able to work it out, and it, and I think my acting background actually kind of helped with that as well because yeah. in the same type of you know going off script, you know, you want to learn your lines 
And then once you go off script, you can then sort of open up and play with yeah. dialogue. It's the same thing with songs. It's like you kind of write the song, you get it up on its legs, and then once you have a foundation, then then that's the magic part because then each player can just yeah. the way they go off of each other, you know, between Ted and Jamie, between the bass and drums, between, you know, John and Storm or Storm and Dan, you know, it's just they build We're all this, listening to each other. They build this amazing like just you can see it. it it's like it's like chemical you know yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. that's where the magic happens i do i love that moment when a song you know it's like bambi right it gets spit out of the ether into right. our world and it's just sitting there and it's a goopy mass on right. the floor and it may you know i may not even live to see the next sunrise right but then there's that moment where it starts to get up on like i'm using your metaphor mm-hmm. but it starts to get up on its legs mm-hmm. you know and and then if there's those magical times when you've got people there with you and it starts to grow very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then within an hour, like some of my favorite songs that I've ever written, they, they, they almost spit out from the ether fully formed. Mm-hmm. Verse, chorus, bridge even, lyrics, melody. You know, I'm hearing drums in my head. Like the whole thing comes. It's like, I, it's, I call that like a gift from the ether. Right, or a right. The song just dropped out of the song guff. You know what the guff is? Yeah. yeah. And then boom, there it is, you know. <laughs> But it's funny though, like some of my other favorite songs, I mean, I it was like pulling that thing out of the ether. And that's a different way to have to, to go about oh, it too. Like there was a song I worked on for tug of war years, there. for years. And I like smashed it apart several times and reassembled it, you know? So I don't know. It's a, it's a, I love the process. It's a fascinating thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing. All right. We're going to get to some more music with you in just a second, Jen, Funky Jen, Jen, AKA Funky mm-hmm. Jen. Um, but there's one more thing. It was in your bio, which I found kind of interesting. It describes you as a bon vivant. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, is that is that bon vivantness? Is that just Sturm and Drang for your bio, or what does that mean to you? Why oh, is that? Why is that phrase in there? That you know, that's I. I <laughs> that's a good question, Joe. You're a good interviewer. I've never thought about that, but yeah, I'm a bon vivant. I love life. I love living life. We have a good time. Okay. Good time, Jen. So it's more of an ethos. <laughs> yeah. Just you know to make uh, to make the process of making music and living your life. A Absolutely. Thing. All right, wonderful. So we've got about enough time for a couple more songs here. Uh, why don't you set up this next one for us? What's this going to be? This next one is called Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. It's about it's about a fella in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Funky Jen once again on Independence Day.
be when this train gets a move on leaving everything i know behind because i finally found a love i believe in because i finally found a love i believe in because i finally So you're doing something that I feel like every artist does when they get to a certain point in their career, which is make a Christmas album. <laughs> I know. I started right away, didn't I? Which, <laughs> which, uh, well, it's funny to me because it, it's, it sounds like both, both the, the cheesiest and most awesome thing you could ever Absolutely. do is to make yeah. a Christmas both. album. Because here's a little known secret. You know what my favorite album of all time might be? What's that? Vince Guaraldi's Charlie oh, Brown Christmas. Oh, it's amazing. Christmas. It's such an amazing and album. And not just Linus and Lucy, that whole album, which Everything. I'm sure they tossed off in a studio on an afternoon in August up in San Francisco. But there's something about that record. It's the fact that we all know those songs so well because they're Christmas songs played in Vince Guaraldi's brilliant style with just an upright bass and a, like a trap kit. I love that record. It's so great. Anyway, so what what's the inspiration for you? Like you had an EP come out in November. So, yeah, this and why, all, why a Christmas album? It I had the songs and it came off of the uh um cinema bar shows every year the cinema bar uh, hosted by Rich McCauley and Shane McMahon and Sarah Stanley host a singer's songwriter you know night so and it has to be all originals and so we've done this now for a christmas about, songwriter night not just right, a songwriter. It's a christmas, christmas show right. some people show up and just kind of make silly lyrics up to pre-existing christmas tunes which is great uh but but jen always <laughs> wanted to be like all right let's let's get together and write something we wrote this one great tune uh kind of like etta james Approaching a Christmas yeah. song. Right. That was the um, first song I ever wrote, yeah. actually, was a Christmas song. Really? With Ted, Just Me and the Mistletoe. Okay. We ended up recording it with Mark Ford. And that was a, but that was the first song, basically, yeah. that I ever wrote. And that uh, impetus that Rich McCauley said, like, you know, you get, you know, let's do this, Jen. You got to get up there. Let's, you know, you're going to do this now. Yeah. It's time. And okay. I'm like, all right. So Feet to I, the had, fire. <laughs> I had this material. Hands to the fire. And uh, every other year, it either goes between a saucy song or a Jesus song. So <laughs> I either go between my deep Christian roots or it's a song about doing it under the Christmas tree. Yeah. Which are both elements of humanity right there. So, I got it covered. So. so then, you know, where, you know, this is for for all three of you. Like, where do you go? I mean, obviously Christmas songs. There's Why, why make another one, though? There are so many. Like, you know, I know it's maybe a tough question, but... Well, let's go back one more step. Why write a song? There are already so many. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, true. when all your favorite songwriters in the world that you like, and you, we all have, like, nice record collections with a lot of deep stuff in there, when there's something you want to say that hasn't been said before, you experiment and find a way to say it. Yeah. So you're you just know? applying that same thing to Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On this particular um, EP, it has some, there's literally something for everybody. We've got a gospel song. We've got a pop song. Like, I don't do pop. I'm not a pop artist, but we wrote a song that is so completely over the top pop. It still has a little <laughs> bit of the, the, the classic funky gen 
Yeah, like so it's just it, great. but it's really a pop song too. Yeah, but we've got you know Storm playing some good Appalachian gospel guitar on one of the songs. Dobro, yeah, the Dobro. Playing so dobro. there's you know, some for everybody. Uh, so you have a, you have a Christian upbringing then? So I, I'm a Episcopalian. You, you kind of drew upon that to you know, well, memories from childhood. <laughs> no, we could, well, no, the Episcopalian is very you know very straight choral whole notes. You know, okay. so that so no the gospel. I don't know where this gospel came from. I don't know where it came from, but here it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? I don't know, man. It's it's such a special thing. Like it's 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 strange turf doing a Christmas album. And there's that whole story. Like Mel Torme wrote. Uh, Chestnuts, Chestnuts yeah. He wrote that on like the hottest day of the summer in Los Angeles. I love that story because that's like you got to get. What do you do to get into the mood to write to, to like record a Christmas song? Do you like get well, out the lights? The thing. Or, like, it's like getting you know or... writing down a list. I'm like Christmas tree, pine cone, snow. You know, you have, because it's eighty right? degrees here year round. Yeah. So it could kind of come up and think about everything that could possibly happen during Christmas or. In Christmas, yeah, by Christmas, yeah, yeah. so and in the holiday season in general, because that's like a different thing now. Where our society is like so, it's kind of a hot button issue. Like the war on Christmas is a big thing. So like to do a straight up Christmas thing versus like sleigh bells or or uh, a sleigh ride, <laughs> which is technically <laughs> yeah. not a Christmas song; it's a holiday song. Or it's you know about the same thing. Winter. But but know. I love sleigh bells, and the, the yeah. funny story about sleigh bells and then timing of the year is that I went to. Guitar Center, because, you know, it's June, July. (laughs) I went to Guitar Center to pick up some sleigh bells. And they're like, sorry, we don't have sleigh bells. It's a seasonal item. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, who are, you know, I'm sure, (laughs) you know, there are people. I'm not the only one recording a Christmas album in yeah. You know, at that time it was July. Now, yeah, but I love sleigh bells. I have I have a set, and I love using them in, in non-Christmas songs because it's like a, it's kind of a different flavor <laughs> exactly. of tambourine. Exactly. You know, it's like a different thing. I love them. Every every record I make has sleigh bells somewhere, like hidden, buried in a track <laughs> it's somewhere. A good it's, sound. A, it's a very textural thing. I love it. Well, let's hear what you came up with. Uh, this is the song. It's called "The Mighty Star." Funky Jen, Jen Jennifer Gibbons. <laughs> I can't call you Jen, you Jennifer. It. Uh, it played. This is Ted Russell Camp and Storm Road the Fourth. Who else is playing on this? Uh, wait, um, who else is oh, on the recording? Is yeah. Carl on? Uh, it's John Schreffler, who oh, yeah. I mentioned before, playing acoustic guitar. Um, Carl, is, Carl Byron is on the, the recordings, but not on this song. Jamie Douglas is the drummer. I actually overdubbed A World That's Apart, which you haven't heard yet. I'm hoping it passes the muster. Uh, I played bass. Yeah, Storm played dobro. It's all about this dobro part is very special. In fact, I, when I wrote the song, brought it to... These two guys, I'm like, let's you know, let's demo this song last year, and then Storm said, let's let me let me try this chord here, and now I can't hear hear it without it. So it's a very special part, and it's okay. well, this is the trio version. This is live. This is live in our Independence Day studio. So Funky Jen with Ted Russell Camp, Storm Road the Fourth. I love that the Fourth. So cool. When your name is Storm, <laughs> your name is Storm Road. You got to be the Fourth. It's not like you know Rob Johnson the Fourth. Anyway, <laughs> this is them playing the Christmas song, The Mighty Star, here in Independence Day. In the darkest night of winter long ago, on a cold and holy child was born in a dark and dirty manger to shine 
Funky Jen and her boys, The Mighty Star, A Christmas Song. You know, I can't thank the three of you enough for coming out today. You know, we're, we're all busy. You're very busy studio musicians, high in demand, I know. So thank you for coming out to do this today. I appreciate it so very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for oh, having us. Great. Thank you, thank yeah. you, boys, you for do, showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe, you do a great thing. Thanks, you man. Great taste, and you're a great host. It's oh. a pleasure to be a part. That's of very it. nice. It's the Absolutely. mutual, the mutual admiration society. So, thanks to Funky Jen, also to the Independence Day staff: Valentino Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The awesome Tony Tonloke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme song was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.